praise God. Second Kings, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the power of truth that it has transformed our lives. It's made us free, God. Thank you for it, God, today. Lord, bless your people right now, God. I pray, feed them with the richness of your truth, God. Anoint me, Lord, I pray. Help me, God, to, Lord, just be led by your spirit, to be sensitive to your anointing. We'll give you the praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Second Kings, we're just going to read two verses here in the midst of a lot that's going on. Second Kings 2, verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to get back to this conversation Elijah and Elisha had with one another, but let me uh, begin this preaching with the understanding that when we go to the book of Genesis and we begin to read about God's great creation, and don't you love seeing how God just makes everything so good? Amen. Every day he just looks on his creation and says it was good. Don't tell me. I heard one already, the song Brother Lawhorn has, has written how the world's not in the mess, in a mess. It's the people, praise God, that have made a mess of it. God's creation is good. What God does is right. And when God made man and woman and put them in this good earth and put them in uh, his good creation and put them in a good place for them to uh, live and take care of, he said it is very good. Amen. God knows what he's doing. He doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't do anything poorly. He is altogether lovely and does all things well, the Bible says. Do you believe it today? Praise God. When man made his first decision, and that's what sin is, it's a decision to say, you know what, I think I know better than God. He, he you know, murder wasn't too far away from it, but he didn't murder anybody. He didn't go find himself a drug dealer. He did not commit adultery. He, the Bible tells us he made up his mind and said, you know what, I know what God said, but I think I like what I see here better. I think I've got this figured out, and I know what's best for me. That moment that man made a decision to obey his own will, his own ways, we call the fall of man. Man fell from God's place of blessing. Man fell from God's very good place in his creation. I'm telling you, the lie of the devil is that sin will elevate you. Sin will give you an advantage. Sin will somehow put you in a better position than what God's doing in his church and in his kingdom. But that's a lie. The fall of man is just exactly that. God has man created in his image, and he has placed us into his will, and his will is good. 
and his will is right. And his will, listen now, his will, living for God, will fulfill you. There's a satisfaction that you, that people are looking for in this world. There's an emptiness. There's a, a longing that is in them because they've lost that very good position with their relationship with God. They've fallen from it. There's an emptiness. There's a, there's a, somebody once said many times a God-shaped void, a hole in their heart that cannot be filled. You try to fill it, like we said, with drugs or alcohol. You try to fill it with the things of this world. You're going to end up very empty. God's got what is best for you and me. God's got best, what's best for your future, for your family, for, for your health and for, for your mind and, and for all your life and for eternity. Amen. God wants to give you his best, but we have fallen from that as a human race. We have fallen from God's best and we need a savior. He's given us a great salvation. He's made a way to reconcile us. He's made a way that though this world has fallen, we're not, did you notice, we're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. Amen. We're living in a world that has fallen. We're looking for a day when God restores a new heaven and a new earth. We're looking toward a day that it's a lot less like what we're doing here and a lot more like what Adam and Eve had back there. We're looking at a place, I believe, where we're going to a place where the natural as well as the spiritual are all, again, God's very best. But in the meantime, God's made a way to save us. He's made a way to redeem us and bring us back to a place where we've got his blessings in our life. He'll lift you up. Amen. He'll take you, as we say many times, taken right out of the Bible, from the miry clay. He's going to pick you up. He's going to elevate you. He's going to get you out of the filth and the, the dirt of sin. And he's going to set you back up where you rightfully belong. He's going to, he's going to straighten some things out. And what God does is bring your mind, bring your spirit, your heart, your life into, into his best again. Now, we're surrounded in this world. We're not, like I said, started to say, we're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. We're still in a fallen world. People say, oh, what about this? this world uh, full of full of death and full of sin and uh, you know where is God if God was good and God was all powerful why why is this allowed this isn't this isn't God's best amen this is man's choice people don't want to 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 admit that they want to throw the blame on God but no your sins and and your decisions to 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 do your will outside of God's best is what brings suffering, death, and, and, and disease and hurt into this world. Amen. Every crime, every war, every just horrible act that is being done on God's creation is a result of man saying, I know what's better than God's will. As we are living in this world looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, looking forward to a place where God restores his whole creation and he brings back his uh, all that he has made into that very good state. We're living a life that is blessed. The Bible says an abundant life. Again, I could just go on and on telling you scripture after scripture that the devil, we say many times, just is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's taking from you, but God's going to give you an abundant life. In this world, 
We're not in heaven yet, but it's the best thing going when you're living for God. I'm not talking about a life that is is half in and half out, just just play in church. I'm not talking about a life that's going through the motions. I'm talking about a life that is surrendered to God, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God will put you back together. He'll put joy in you. He'll put peace in you. Amen. He'll He'll allow you to be able to be just what He created you to be. When I look back at our text now what's happening in this text is the prophet the man of god is going to move off the scene he is uh run his race he's finished his course and he's going to heaven god made a way for elijah very uh very unique departure from this world that he would just go on up in a in a whirlwind and a chariot of fire but while he was in this world, he is teaching and he is uh, doing what God's people do, shining the light and living a life of, uh, of being blessed and telling people that's, that, that's what God wants for you. Get back, repent, turn back to God. And, and he is uh, helping others learn and, and mentoring others, pastoring others. And, and uh, Elisha has just got something in him that, that uh, is... Uh, is a hunger for more. Amen. Elisha was not satisfied like a lot of the others. If you look back through this chapter, there's in this journey, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with it as Elijah's getting ready and he's journeying to a spot where God's going to take him on home. And uh, Elisha is just hanging, just following him like a puppy dog, you might say. Just just holding on. I'm not leaving. And, and there are others. There are others that they call the sons of the prophets. There are others that were really kind of in the same ranking as, uh, you might say, Elisha was. Same kind of situation. But they're sitting back and they're, they're telling Elisha, you know, uh, your, your master, he's going. He's going on, you know. And... Uh, you know, why are you just almost like, just just let him go. But, but Elisha's got something on his mind. Elisha's not satisfied. Amen. There's something in Elisha that says there's more. There's better. Amen. Something in Elisha that says, I, I've tasted of how good God can be, and I want more of this. I'm not just going to be satisfied with uh, good enough. I'm not going to be satisfied with just getting by with what's okay. I want God's best for me. Amen. Hallelujah. And he continues to just follow Elijah. And uh, there comes a time when Elijah finally turns to Elisha and says, So tell me, what is it that you want? This was the moment that he was waiting for. You know, there's prayers that we're praying you got to keep holding on. I don't know how God's timing works. That's God's business. I think right now of a time where there was a man in the New Testament that was a centurion named Cornelius in Acts the 10th chapter. The Bible says there came a day when an angel was dispatched to his home and said, Cornelius, your prayers and your giving are come up today as a memorial. You know what that means? He had been praying and giving and doing good for a long, long time. But when God's timing came, praise God, God said, okay, today's the day. Call for the preacher. He's going to preach the word to you, and you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Go ahead and read it. God's timing is not our timing. So Elisha held on for God's timing. 
And Elisha was ready. Elisha saw what he wanted, knew what he desired, and said, I I want what you've got. I want a double portion of that. I'm not satisfied with just just getting by. I I want I want more of what I've seen in this in, in this living for God. And it is an interesting um, answer that Elijah gives him. Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. I've thought about that many, many times over the years. And I don't know that I see anywhere that Elisha had it tougher than Elijah. I don't know that Elisha had to do uh, hard things that made him sit down and scratch his head and wonder, is it really worth it? Should I just be satisfied with less and be average? I don't see any of that. If you've seen it, let me know. I don't know. I haven't seen anywhere where Elisha just had to do something crazy that that no one was un, un, you know just not required from for anybody else. When Elijah said to him, "You've asked a hard thing," I think what he really was saying is, "This isn't just going to happen by itself." To really have God's best in your life, it's going to take some diligence on your part. You're not going to be able to just cruise through life and say, you know what, I've got something better than everybody else. I've got something that is exciting. I've got something that thrills my soul. Amen. If you're going to really have God's best in your life, and I believe this, it's not really an option of, hey, can I choose an average, ordinary, mediocre life? God's best in your life is what he wants to put in you. He wants to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure. But it's not just going to happen. You're going to have to dedicate. You're going to have to persist. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to fight some battles to have God's blessings in your life the way you want them to have. When I look at this world, something that really, uh, you know, it, it's just something I deal with every day. I, I look at this world and I see it. and and uh, But sometimes I get a chance to reach out to somebody. And I see lives all around me. You you know, you see sin. You see uh, the filthiness of this world. You see the things that are wrong. People making horrible choices and choosing to just destroy their own lives. And I, I, I've, I've got a chance to reach out to people. And I know some of you have too to say, it doesn't have to, you don't have to live like this. God's salvation in your life and God's blessing in your life will will give you seating abundantly above all you that you can ask or think. But you watch people. I, I read something. It just was so timely. I came across something online that Brother Epley wrote and it was it was something, it was a message to young pastors. And I said, hey, he's talking to me. And, uh, and he said, you're not God. While you stay up at night and you're so, you see people making terrible decisions and you've preached to them and you've reached out to them and you see people destroying their lives thinking they know better than what they've heard preached. And you can't do any more than that. You're not God. And it's a hard thing for a pastor, and I'm sure a lot of Christians too, to watch people willingly choose the low road. I see people who have visited church, some of them, some of them who've come to church, and you see the problems in their life. 
Now, I'm not saying Christians don't have problems, but many problems we see are self-inflicted. And sometimes you see people thinking they're living the good life, and they have no idea. And I, People that, well, you know, they haven't gotten arrested. They think they're living the good life. People that the debt collectors aren't beating down their door. Hey, we're doing great, right? You know, nothing horrible, nothing terrible has happened in the last 24 hours. When you can live a life that's blessed... I've reached out to people already and said, come on, just get around some of God's people that God's done. Come on and spend some time around this. Amen. People that can inspire you and people, oh, you don't know how hard I have it. I've I've tried to get people to, to move out of places that were filled with bugs and filth and and all kind of disgust. Come on, you don't know how tough it is. No, no, no. You don't know how good God is. This idea that I can't or it's beyond me. Some people, it never even enters their mind that there's a better life. And they live in such stressful, such unhealthy, such even physically filthy conditions. And you say, you know what? You don't have to live in filth. You don't have to live, uh, you know, but, you know, you've asked a hard thing. I know what you're going to tell me. i got to get up in the morning. i got to look for a job. Hello? I've got to start taking care of myself. And, I start, you know, I've got to start doing things that are the making right decisions. And people get comfortable get feeling bad and poor me. You don't understand it. But, but, you know, the decisions they're making aren't making their life easier. Amen. But as much as I see that in the natural, there's a spiritual that we're really working toward. That are, you can't get past them. I mean, when God starts moving in your spirit, your whole life is going to change. You're not going to be satisfied living in a hog pen. If you've been praying and living close to God, he's going to show you, hey, I I can do better. I can. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. There's there's a mentality in this world that we're trying to save people from this idea that just getting by and, and, and having this idea that, well, maybe I can, I, I can be saved but still live so low, just so far below what, what God's best is for my life. And maybe I can make a choice to, you know, trade some of that off and still. Why would you choose the lesser over the greater? Why choose a life that, that, that where you can be blessed and, 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 fulfilled and have joy and peace but so many times in the spiritual people say well you asked a hard thing to be faithful to put god first to to you know some of you there's just no way most of us here today you know if if it is at all possible you're just going to be in church and you know what i we could sit down and talk about it and say well it's not always convenient or easy but, uh, but this is what we do because we want, we want God's best and we know what comes out of it. And you know what? It's not, uh, hallelujah, it's not that hard of a decision to somebody who just says, this is now a part of my life. This is how I'm going to do things. Amen. This, I want God's best. I don't want less than that. Oh, somebody comes on and says, oh, you don't need to do all that to be saved. Hey, there's a whole lot more at stake than just being saved. Praise the Lord. That God's going to bless me, feed me, and strengthen me, and, 
and encourage me. And, and all the, the, sometimes, how many times can I say it this way? I've, I've talked to people, oh, just the worst thing in my life right now is just loneliness and discouragement, depression, and, and I can't shake it. And I say, you know what? We're going to be, uh, you're going to hear joy in prayer and praise around here. There are going to be songs that are going to lift you up and lift your spirit. You're going to be around folks that are friendly and smiling and glad to have you there. There are going to be people around you. You know, take that time. You don't have anything else to do except I've, I've talked to people just sitting at home in dark rooms. Come on to church. Ah. You know, you're asking a hard thing. Really? Really? It's not so hard when you just make up your mind it's what's best. And you realize that the way of the transgressor is hard. Amen? There are situations in our lives that that really come against us so often and try to pull us down and and to rise above that, you've got to, you've got to go against the flow of the world. You've got to go against the flow of not only what is accepted in this world, but you, you know, you gotta go past all that flesh that gets lazy. All that flesh that says, I don't know if it's worth it. And, and those that are blessed, those that are really just seeing God's will in their life, it's no accident. I, I've seen people and, and, all the time look and say, oh, you're so lucky, you know, things just go and, and, and it just must be that, that you have it so easy and you don't know. No, no, I don't think anybody's got it too easy. Amen. But I will tell you this, if you just take some simple steps to be, put your heart into everything God's called you to, you're going to rise up above some things. There are some battles that there are people that have, and, and there are some battles that people have because they, they made a bad choice. They've walked into a bad place, and, and, and everything in them, God was saying, come on, let's not go that way. Come on, let's avoid this. Come on, that's, that's not my best. They thought, well, I don't think it's going to send me to hell. You think David thought that when he contacted Bathsheba? Don't look at me like that. I'm just contacting somebody it's not that big of a deal you think if if somebody would have said let me tell you that the sword's not going to depart from your family let me tell you that you're gonna you're gonna be at the grave of a, of a baby let me tell you that you are going to your mind is going to be so warped that you will kill a faithful soldier in your army to cover your own sin Amen. You know, you're not going to reason that way when you've got your mind made up that okay is going to be good enough. You're not going to reason about what could this possibly bring forth if I start sowing my own will into this situation because I think it's good enough and it won't send me to hell. You know, we're pretty certain, according to the Bible, David didn't go to hell. But listen, the, the idea that says, you know, uh, I, I, I just as long as I get saved, you know, I can live a low living lifestyle in this world. That's deception. There's plenty of people that didn't make it to heaven. But if you perchance play games with your salvation, you're going to be so sorry. This world is full of people that are living so low beneath what God created them to be. You look around and see people and you think animals have more decency. 
Amen. It would be, I'm not trying to be nasty, but it would be a, a, an insult to animals to say they're living like animals. Amen. I think too highly of animals to say that that's animalistic. It's below common decency. But yet somehow the church is, is mixed up and messed up. And no, God wants to pick you up out of that. And that what we're trying to save people from in this world, we don't want that mentality in our hearts. To say, you know what, I can get through another day and not, well, not be concerned with God's best. Hey, I'm telling you what that is. That's spiritual laziness. You know, asking a hard thing to be dedicated, asking a hard, hard thing to be faithful, asking a hard thing to put God first in your life. I'm telling you, that's the best message you could hear today, that when God's first in your life, you will be blessed. Exodus 19. Exodus 19. God's been good to me. Hallelujah. Exodus 19. The Lord is talking to his children. And he says in verse 4, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. I've heard a play on words. I know that sometimes, you know, when the Holy Ghost is moving, folks are shouting and getting beside themselves, and we're just feeling the liberty of God. I've heard many times in my life that the... Bible says we are peculiar. And I've heard it justify just a little bit of weirdness sometimes. But listen, that word peculiar in the Bible sure isn't talking about being weird. I know the world doesn't understand the blessings you have, but it's not that it's weird. We've 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 got a place of honor that God has. God says you are a peculiar treasure. Hallelujah. That's something that is guarded. That's something that is, is, is uh, special. The idea of being peculiar is that it's like a, a, a gem. It, you're not just some piece of gravel somewhere. You are in a place of honor that God looks at you and says, you're my treasure. There's a lot of stones in this world, but you are a, a gem. And you are special. If you look, that same word is used in Ecclesiastes when it talks about Solomon's great wealth. When it talks about how he was uh, looking for pleasure and fulfillment and all the things that God had blessed him with. And he said in Ecclesiastes 2.8, let me just read it to you. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings. The peculiar treasure of kings. That's God's church. That you are a treasure in this world. You can live your, you could choose to live your life like anybody else. You can say, well, I know what sin is and I know what, what, uh, what the filth of this world is, but you live your life without passion, without vision. You live your life just like anybody else in the lukewarmness and of what you feel like you can just fit in and get along. Hey, a diamond doesn't fit in with gravel. It stands out. 
and if it's sitting in a parking lot somewhere, it ought to be picked up and set somewhere nice. Amen. You are not a piece of gravel in this world. You are not like the people you work with, the people you work for. Amen. You've got something greater than that. You are a peculiar treasure. And God wants to show you off to this world. God wants to show this world how good he is through your fruit, through your blessings, through your life. Don't allow yourself to live one day with a mentality of, well, I just want to get by or get through this world that says, I'm surviving, I'm getting by. Hey, you need to be blessed. You need to live a blessed life. Amen. And that means getting up with purpose and diligence and saying, you know what? I'm going to live to do what maybe my flesh is saying no. Maybe my life is saying, oh, you know, go easy on your, on your praying and go easy. You know, t- skip a day on, on, on uh, your Bible reading. And, and, and don't worry so much about praying for your brothers and sisters and, and trying to say, God, what would you have me to do? Let somebody else do it. I'm saved. Let this world go to hell and I'm blessed. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no. That's not the mentality of a child of God. The Bible says in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians 4. God's got a method to get you to this blessed state, this blessed life. To keep it in you. And to keep adding to it. Amen. Ephesians 4.11 says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. Perfecting. God wants you to be in the process. We talked about this morning when we came in and started to pray. and We opened and... And I kind of just exhort a little bit how easy it is to to come in and start thinking about other things. I I would be surprised. I'd be surprised if anybody hasn't had just a bit of a battle to say, you know what, I need to to focus. I'm here. I'm not there. I need to hear what's going on. I need to be a part of this. My worship, my prayer, and uh, I want to do better in that. And and that's part of what what we fight in this world. Praise God. God has something for us to be perfected, to not just say, I'm, I'm in a good place right now and I'm feeling pretty satisfied where I am. But God's, God's blessing in your life is, is to keep moving forward, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, the Bible talks about. The ministering of the word of God, the ministering uh, of what God is doing in this house is to perfect you. To get you. Don't ever, don't ever be so proud, so arrogant to think, well, I'm perfect enough. Don't let God hear you say that. Amen. Not even inside. That I don't really need to be focused in on what God's trying to do in this service today. I, you know, you're not going to say, well, I'm, I'm good enough. I, but, but your actions to be perfected is a hard thing because you got to come ready to hear you got to fight those distractions you've got to you got to engage yourself in this you've got to connect yourself with a with an imperfect pastor amen to to and the devil's fighting it all the way i looked up that word perfecting and found a dictionary uh called thayer's 
that has a definition, and it says to render. It comes from a word that means to render fit, sound, complete. To mend what has been broken or to repair. This is what the ministering of the word, the ministry is to do. To render you sound, fit, complete. To mend or repair, to complete to equip, to put in order, to arrange, to adjust, to prepare, to strengthen, perfect, complete. Listen to this. The last thing it says is to make one what he ought to be. To make us what we ought to be. The perfecting of the saints is God's method of making us what we ought to be. I've seen such a battle. Again, I look in the world. I'm not super focused on what's going on in the world other than to say as I'm super focused on what's happening in the church, seeing what's trying to infiltrate us. And you would be, have to be blind to, realize, to not see that the attack toward any kind of authority in the nation and the government in our communities, or in our homes, is not just cranked up to an unbelievable degree. Praise God. The things that are being just out there that are being pushed and fought for that are so completely unreasonable. Would you be upset with me if I said just insane how people are reacting to any type of authority over them? Praise God. I, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I like what Brother Mark Smith said. He's a, he's a big supporter of our president, but he'll just tell you, I, I wouldn't want him as, as our pastor. And I think that's a fair thing. Praise God. But, and there's a lot of things that you might be able to, to say, but the things that are coming against leadership are so insanely made up, so contrived out of nothing. To say that there's problems in law enforcement, I've said it a long time. I've, uh, Brother Mike would agree 100%. But to say we're just going to defund it and someplace just totally get rid of it, have you lost your mind? Families, fathers. Father has almost become a dirty word. The patriarchy that has oppressed us for so long, that has told us that there are genders, that, uh, you know, to. The, the home and men under attack, like to, to the to, to an insane degree, that what people are saying and standing for, you've got to be imbalanced mentally. Don't you think for a minute the devil's not doing that in churches? Don't you think for a minute that not only ministry, but your opinion of ministry and how it affects and perfects you is not really what the devil is angry about? Amen. What happens in our streets and what happens in our government and what happens in our homes, I'm telling you, the devil is putting all his effort, his, his front lines against what God's trying to do in the church. Amen. We're living, and, and I might just have to find that, that write-up Brother, Brother Epley uh, wrote and, and maybe read it to you. It just was really edifying and maybe helped somebody else. But, 
but to recognize that, that, that we are fallible. We're human beings. Amen. In every home, blessed marriages, friendships in a church, blessed. But, but we, we always, we, we, we stumble and we make mistakes. But here in the church, our goal is to help you and bless you and see you perfected and strengthened and edified. And, and right where God wants you to, to make you what you ought to be. And I have seen, my heart is broken today. I'm, I'm, I'm angry at the devil, yes, but more than that, just broken to, to know how the devil gets in people's minds and, and tears up fellowship. I, I preached a message, I don't know how long it's been now, several months, maybe a year or so, talking about conspiracy theories. Some of the things people are believing now because their trust has been so torn down, they, they're... they're you know, their minds just go crazy going in different directions about all the different lies that probably have been told. And I've seen that in church, seen people just get divided and, and angry and about things that, that are just suspicions that roll down the hill like a snowball and get bigger. And now the preacher's not trying to make one what he ought to be, but trying to make me look bad, trying to attack me, trying to make me look stupid. And all along, hey, we're here to just lift up Jesus. We're here to see you equipped and blessed and repaired and and, and help you get where you want to be. Understand the devil's fighting your mind. Understand the devil is against what we're doing here more than anything else in this world. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. But what happens in an apostolic church, praise God, where the word is being preached and God's people are being fed. And God is putting that into your heart and growing you and equipping you. That's the answer that this generation needs. Amen. I tell you, it's not a it's not a picket line uh, in front of an abortion clinic. It's a it's a Holy Ghost anointed uh, message from God to repent and get to an altar is what a young lady needs in her life. Amen. It's not all the different ways I've talked to preachers already. Oh, we ought to be down there picketing. We ought to be over here, you know, standing against this. We ought to be, I'll tell you what, we ought to be in church getting behind what God is doing and building up his kingdom. Amen. God's blessing in your life. Get filled up with it. Get so excited about it, people can feel it when, they, when you're in the room. And they can see that you've got, you've got something to be satisfied about. You're no longer depressed. You're no longer anxious. You're no longer just living in, in, in a place where, where fear is dominating your mind and suspicion is causing you to, to, be, uh, to pull back from everybody you know. Get filled with the Spirit and begin to love people and strengthen people. Amen? Preach, here. What was this? Wednesday night I was preaching. Hallelujah. About about how we're better than what this world has. All the, you know, this, uh, the contagion of sin and the demon activity. We're better than that. You know, you look at this world and people uh, who have a testimony that they've really uh, maybe succeeded according to the world standards. They say, well, you know, you have to get all the toxic people out of your life. You've got to get away from those kind of people. Jesus came to this toxic person. He didn't get away from me. Do you know what the church needs to see people? Like I was talking about at the beginning of this message. See people in the filth. See people in the grime. See people in, in, the, in the garbage and say, I want to help you. I want to bless you. I know it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Praise God. I, I, we reached out to somebody here a couple weeks ago and said, I'll, uh, I'll help you any way we can. You know, they, 
they had come by the church and were looking around. And I walked outside, saw them there, said, what you doing? And, and uh, I said, man, I want to help you any way I can. And, and I said, well, you know, sometimes I just, I don't have any vehicle. I need to, to, to get to the post office. We'll take you to the post office. And drive into the post office, look over, and there's bed bugs on their leg. God help us. You asked a hard thing. And, and, I, and I shake my head and say, God, this world is so messed up. I want to be the one. I know. I want to be the one that, that, that touches a life. I want to have what's better than that. You'll get challenged. You're asking a hard thing to have, try to love people. To try to, there, there's just nobody that's, it seems like it's just, well, they're really doing good except they just need Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. This world has fallen apart. Second Timothy, the third chapter, talking about making you what you ought to be. Second Timothy three, sixteen says, all scripture, the ministering of the word, that scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. For doctrine, to teach you, for reproof and correct, for correction, to inst- for instruction in righteousness. Listen to this. That the man of God may be perfect. There's the perfecting. Throughly furnished unto all good works. Equipped to do what you've got to do. How many think that sometimes it's a hard thing to be a Christian amongst so much sin? At your job, in your neighborhood, wherever you go. But you know what? It's hard to do. It's harder to do a job without the proper tools. The ministering of the word of God is to equip you, to thoroughly furnish you, to give you what you need to get the job done. Seen people just skip out on God and skip out on church, skip out on doing things that are important. And then the next day they're attacked with a decision. They're attacked with a battle. And they say, I don't know what to do. They don't have the strength. They don't have the wisdom. That, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, if I could just say, you know what? It should be easy. It should be as a friend, as a pastor, say, you know what? We preached about that yesterday. That would have been so good. Don't let that happen again because you'd be more prepared to meet that. It should be an easy thing to just say, hey, this is what will help you. Oh, you're coming against me. You're tearing me down. That's what the devil puts that conspiracy. You know, here's how you can do better the next time you're in a battle. That's a helpful thing. That's not an attack. That's not belittling you. Here's how you can overcome. You told me you have it hard. You told me this is a difficulty. Now I'm going to tell you, here's how you could have avoided that. But we're living in this world where, no, 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 don't tell me that I, I, I need to be diligent. Don't tell me that I've got responsibility. Everybody in my life tells me how hard I have it. You know, I just need, I just need your understanding. If you want God's bless, blessings, if you want God's best, you're going to have to get busy. It's a narrow road. You know why it's a narrow road? Because you've asked a hard thing. You've got to take responsibility for the things that you've done to you. Hey, I, I, a lot of things I didn't choose. A lot of problems I've had. Just And, and when you're d- going through problems, living for God, loving God, you sit back and say, hey, everybody's going through problems, but I'm going through mine with Jesus. Everybody's got difficulties, but you know what? I've got purpose and, and a plan, and God's going to bring me through this better. But, but there's a lot of people doing things, going through things because of their own, own decisions, where they decided... I think I know what's better. God's trying to prick your heart. God's trying to knock on the door and say, hey, come on now. You can do better than what you're doing. You've gotten used to a mediocre life. You know, you're better than some of these. You know why? I was praying over this and looking at this. I thought, this is exactly why 
people today love reality television. If you know anything about it, and if you don't, God bless you. But they just put the trashiest lifestyles, from what I understand, just people that should, should not be celebrated. And people love that. People love it. They're like, oh, it's so cringy and it's so crazy. They act so nasty and they, their lives are so low. Makes them feel good. I'm not as messed up as those people. They like to showcase people whose lives are a dumpster fire. Amen. Because it makes them feel good about themselves in their okay position. Yes. They love this society, loves to see scandal and hypocrisy. They love to hear somebody fell and somebody messed up and somebody was in some kind of uh, a scandal. They love that because it makes them feel better, but it doesn't make them better. Amen. The Bible says we need to be furnished and equipped. People love to, like Samson, he, he was full of revenge. Somebody asked me the other day, and I've preached this before. I know a lot of you know this. They said, I'm reading about Samson. and Did Samson do anything godly at all? No, never. God worked through him because other people were praying. God helped Israel because they were crying out. God wanted Samson to be a leader and a hero, but he was always full of vengeance and lust and, and full of himself. And in one place, he was moved on by God, and God brought victory for the people of God. And God will help you if you're praying, no matter what's going on in your life. But Samson said, now I'll be less guilty than the Philistines. There were people around him who were idolaters, who were a mess, and he was just interested in comparing himself to them and saying, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as those guys. I'm better than they are. Better than, than something that's no good doesn't make you good. But to live the life that God's called you to, to be what you're, you ought to be, to let the Word of God perfect you, it's a hard thing. You've got to get over yourself. You've got to get over your pity parties. You've got to get over your idea that it all ought to be easy. Who told you that? What Bible are you reading? That everything's going to go your way. Praise the Lord. You've got to get over all that. It's a hard, is it a hard thing? It's a blessed life. Let's keep reading. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Verse 1 of chapter 4, 2 Timothy. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Listen now, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Don't be amongst that crowd. Don't do that. Endure means it's a hard thing. Sound doctrine is going to rub you the wrong way sometimes. You say, well, I don't know how, how, how you're coming across. Just get that out of the way. This is not about personality conflict. It's about perfecting. Amen. I mean well. If I knew a right way to do it, but there's no right way to do it for everybody. Somebody gets offended. I hate that. I really do. I wish there's some way I could just prove I love y'all. All I want is God's best for you. I've got nothing up my sleeve. We just want to have good church. Amen. But the bottom line is people will not endure sound doctrine because the devil's fighting minds. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not paying attention because it happens to all of us. It does. You're not saying you're a bad person because something's crept in your mind. Hey, what did he mean by that? 
that, that's just the battle you're fighting. But you, you get to, to rise above that and realize that, hey, we're just humans working in the kingdom of God. You can make it. But the time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Sad thing is, that kind of attitude, you're only going to find people that are going to enable that flesh in you. If you you're not going to find somebody to challenge you if you're constantly feeling uh, threatened by that. So you'll find somebody that will tell you what you want to hear. You'll feel so good, and you'll be lulled into a sense of sleep that will keep you from what you ought to be. They shall turn away from their ear, turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things endure. There's that word again, endure. Affliction. Afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven. Verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. A rewarder. Does God reward you? Are you blessed today? I'm going to tell you how to live a life that God can bless. You've got to be living a life that diligently seeks him. You're going to have to make God a priority in your life. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Spend a little more time. Spend a little more energy. Get a little more focused. Look at your life. We went through some things about being in church. And what do we do? We pray and worship and hear the word of God. All the things we do and said, you know what? Put your best into it. Make it a priority. Make it more important than anything else. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm just telling you, you can look around through uh, the years and years now that maybe some of us have lived for God and those that say, well, this is more important than God and this is more important than, than, than serving God and faithfulness, it's, you'll see the results. Amen. And very, very few people that have not paid the price, not been diligently seeking Him, will say, you know, I could have those blessings if I would have been faithful. I need to start now. They'll look at their brother like Cain looked at Abel and start to have animosity. Amen. Start to feel that threatening, that threatened attitude that, and feel like the victim. It's not fair. It's not right. You think that's what happened with Joseph? I've said it many times. I know people say all the time, well, you know, uh, Jacob should have never just shown that favoritism to Joseph. You know, he had all those sons, but only Joseph had that. Maybe Joseph was living a life his father could bless. I believe his father probably loved each and every one just as much as the other. Amen. But there's just some things you can't get excited about. There's some things you can't get happy about. When somebody's living beneath their means and you're seeing them so you love them, your heart goes out to them, but somebody that really dedicates and puts God first. Amen. God can bless them. God's no respecter of persons. He'll bless you like he blessed your neighbor. But when you diligently seek him like they do, amen, when you sow, God will send the same rain on your ground. He'll send the same sunshine on your ground. But if you're not sowing consistently, you're not going to get the consistent outcome that somebody who is is receiving. Amen. It's not a conspiracy. 
God's good to people and we're rewards people that diligently seek him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, could you come play something, please, for us? God wants to make you what you ought to be. And I believe there are people in this world that are so miserable because they have that desire in them. They know there's more. But they won't just pay the price. Price is not something so extra. The price of just doing what you know to do, do it with all your heart. Don't be spiritually lazy and expect God's many benefits. Don't make decisions that say, well, I can get away with this and not jeopardize too much. You start bargaining with your flesh like that, you're going to to lose out. I see people in this world and it just doesn't even enter their mind that they don't have to live in the harsh situations. I've talked to people already. Why don't you just get away from that? Get away from all that. Well, it's all I know. Why don't you do better for yourself? They just don't have the courage to step out and make make the decisions, make the sacrifices it takes to begin to heal their life, their their mind, their home. But what I'm te- preaching to you today is that God God is the answer. And that attitude in this world of lukewarmness, God said, I hate it, I'll spew it out of my mouth. The idea that we can just like babies, drink the milk of God's blessings, but never grow up and see the blessings and the work, fight, be faithful, see God's best in our life, see what you ought to be. God's calling us, God's working on us in this last day. Hallelujah. Time, time we step up and let God perfect us. Let God make us what we ought to be. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, help us, Lord. Help my brothers and sisters. Lord, faithful. Reward them that diligently seek you, like you said, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God will make you what you ought to be. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Keep growing. 
Keep reaching. Keep giving God your weakness. Overcome. Overcome that battle the devil's put in your mind. Overcome that battle. The enemy trying to pull you away, pull you down from God's best in your life. God knows what's best. God knows what he's doing. God's brought you here. He's going to take you on through. can make it. Seen people come to battles and God's got everything they need to make it through. God's got everything to equip them. But they've gotten angry because it wasn't easy. They got angry because there's things they got to do to work through it, to work out their salvation, to press on through, to fight a battle, to go on to the next level. God's going to help you. Come on, saints. You see this world and the mess it's in. You see people and you know they're their own worst enemy. They're living a life where they could be so blessed. You see the potential in people around you every day and think, oh, what they could be if they would just wake up and see that they don't have to be living in such a situation like that. Oh, I'm praying, God, wake up, saints. Wake up men and women of God that have just slowly, slowly just drifted into a lukewarm attitude. Oh, there's, that's, not, that's not a safe place. That's not a blessed place. God's got best, better for you. But you're going to have to be diligent. It's not easy. Oh, in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the best life. Thank you for blessing us. Oh, exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think, Lord. You blessed us. Lord, thank you for it. Help us not to drift. Help us not to allow the enemy to blind our eyes, to, Lord, infect our minds. But, God, help us to constantly, Lord, just continue to be perfected in you. We love you so much. Use us to shine the light to those around us. Use us, Lord, to be a blessing. We love you so much. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Pray for the service tonight.